Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today's show, we're talking about how my financial advisors are saying two different things. I'm getting conflicting financial advice. Now, here's the thing. Many investors in New Zealand do use multiple financial advisors. And I'll tell you what, for some Kiwis, that might sound surprising. After all, you might think, well, why would I need two people giving me advice on my finances? And the reason is that financial advisors all specialize in different areas. But what happens if you're working with two or more advisors and they start to give you conflicting advice? Who's right and who's wrong? Well, we're going to talk about two things today. First of all, why some advisors do give different advice and then the four steps that you can use to figure out what the right move to make for you happens to be. Now, Andrew, let me ask you this. Many people are surprised to hear all of the different types of financial advisors that property investors use, right? Yeah. In New Zealand, we tend to use a blanket term called financial advisors, but it tends to be that people specialise in different areas of financial advice. So budgeting, helping you manage your money, investments, so focused on managed funds, mortgages for homeowners and investors, insurance for personal insurance and business insurance, KiwiSaver for finding the right provider, switching to a more suitable scheme and risk profile, and property investors, which is us. Now, that's why you've got different types of financial advisors, but you can have a situation where they say different things. So walk us through an example then of maybe a situation where you might have two financial advisors talking about different things, and we'll specifically talk about property since that's what this show is about. So I'm going to make this completely up to give you an example. Let's say Bobby, who's an engineer in her late 20s, owns her first home and engages the help of Enable Me to get some budgeting advice. Now, Bobby got a mortgage, he's got some student loan debt and wants to pay this off as quickly as possible. Now, I'm going to use an example of Bobby going to talk to Hannah McQueen from Enable Me because well, Hannah's one of our favourites there and, and I think she's on our top 10 financial advisors? Yeah, I think she's listed first actually on that list of top financial advisors in New Zealand. So excellent service there. Hannah says, great, we're going to work out a way that you're going to get out of debt as quickly as possible. We're going to look at what you're spending your money on. Coaches Bobby to spend less and pay down the mortgage more quickly. And as part of Enable Me's strategy, they do tend to focus on paying off your debt as quickly as possible before investing in other assets. But now let's say that after working with Hannah for a few years, Bobby's watched a few webinars, now interested in planning for a retirement and wants to stop working before 65. Now to do this, she's interested in purchasing an investment property and she's been reading Wealth Plan, excellent book, and wants to start growing her wealth over the long term. Now because she's owned her first home for a while, she's got some equity built up in that, so she can use that for a deposit. Now like Hannah, I'm a financial advisor, so I say, okay, well we could buy a four-bedroom house in Christchurch, and that could be your first investment. Before signing the contract, Bobby wants to run the decision past Hannah. Again, this is just a made-up example. Here's where things get interesting. Okay, so this is a made-up example, but let's dig into what the two different advisors might say. And again, we're using Hannah as an example because we like her, we respect her, and this isn't us bullying her down. It's just demonstrating the potential differences using real people. Now, Hannah might say, well, your goal is to pay off your mortgage first. So we need to stick to that strategy. We need to pay down the debt. Every last dollar that you've got over and above your spending needs to go into your mortgage. And this investment property might cost from top up. I, on the other hand, might say, well, your goal is to retire early. You need assets outside of your main house 
so that you can use them in retirement. Now's the time to invest. Well, who's Bobby listened to? And to be clear, listening to me might not be the right decision for Bobby. So that's where you then go through the four steps to figure out, well, which way am I going to go? And step one is to be really clear on your goals. So the first question to ask yourself is, what is my main goal and what's more important to me? Because if you do invest in property, especially today, you will likely need to top it up. Now, what that means is you might have to regularly pay a hundred or a couple of hundred bucks at today's interest rates into the property's bank account. Now, that means there is a genuine trade-off between investing in property and paying down your mortgage more quickly because instead of putting that money, that couple of hundred bucks a week into paying off your mortgage, you're going to put it into holding that investment property. And on top of that, you're taking on more debt compared to getting out of it. So the question is, what's more important to you? Is it paying off your mortgage as quickly as possible or is it investing for your retirement? And really, that is where, in this specific example, the two advisors would be on slightly different pages because in this case, we're saying, and from Enable Me might say, well, you told me, Bobby, that your goal was to pay down debt. And Andrew's saying, yeah, Bobby, you told me that your goal was to retire early. And so the reason I say that you need to be clear with your goals is that's going to allow you to communicate that to your financial advisors. Now, when you're working with a financial advisor, they can only give you advice based on whatever you've told them. So let's come back to Bobby, who's in her kind of mid to late 20s at this point in our example. She might be focused on getting out of debt because retirement might not be actually that important to her right now. But if she wants to stop working earlier than the government superannuation age, she wants to retire at 50, for example, then growing an investment portfolio now, living with debt a little bit longer, that could be the way to go. Now, whatever way she decides, she needs to be clear with both advisors about what her ultimate goal is. And your goals can change over time as well because the advice will be different based on what you tell them their goal is. And then once you've done that, you want to move on to step number two. Step number two is understand the specific strategy the advisor recommends. So here we've got two different types of financial advisors telling you two different things. Now, it doesn't mean one's right or one's wrong. Neither me or Hannah in this example are wrong, but we do implement different strategies at times. So Opus helps Kiwis invest in property. And you know what? That often means getting into more debt and it often means making a contribution, particularly in a high interest rate environment or in the earlier years. But if you were to approach a company that specialises in shares or funds, they're going to give you advice on shares and funds. Others will focus on paying down debt. And again, that might be their strategy. But the key thing that you need to do as an investor or someone getting advice is to decide whether you need more property or more shares or less debt in your portfolio at the time. So Bobby's first step would be to understand, well, where is each advisor coming from by looking at the strategies they tend to recommend? So goals, then understand where is the advisor coming from? And step three, and I think this is really important, I'd get the advisors talking to each other. So sometimes investors trip up because they ask one financial advisor for an opinion, then they go and they get an opinion from the second advisor, which is a perfectly legitimate thing to do, but then you end up going between the two, talking about what the other person said. You know, so for example, Bobby might say, oh, but Andrew told me X, Y, Z, and you can't recall exactly what the reason was behind that. Look, that often doesn't lead to a good outcome. So 
rather than being the mouthpiece between each party, it can help to get both of your advisors talking to each other so they can get on the same page and then help you make that informed decision on a half-hour Zoom call because investors tend to be very unsuccessful from our experience where they're going back and forth between advisors and it just leads to inaction. And look, while I can't speak for all advisors out there, you know, our property partners here at Opus, if an investor's working with another financial advisor, say in shares, say in budgeting, say in mortgages, very happy to sit down, get all the advisors in the room so that the investor can ultimately make that decision about, well, what is right for them? Step four is to understand each advisor's financial motivation. So without sounding too cynical here, it is important to understand how your advisor is getting paid because you know what? often there will be conflicts of interest. For example, if advisor A, a mortgage broker, tells you not to work with advisor B, a property investment company, is it because advisor A also has a link with a property investment service and wants you to use that instead? That does actually happen. I've seen that a few times. A mortgage advisor might have a referral partnership agreement with a company like, say, Golden Homes, for example. And so they might get a kickback for recommending them. Yeah. Another question to ask, does your advisor have a vested interest in your money? For instance, let's say you're investing in shares and you currently invest $500 a week into a managed fund through advisor A. Then you talk to advisor B and they're interested in you investing in property, but it means that you're going to have to stop putting in $200 a week of that $500 into your fund so it won't be going towards the original investment. Advisor A will likely get a fee for the money that you put into the fund, so they have an incentive for you to continue putting the full $500 a week and not reduce this. So let me just get this straight because there's a lot of numbers in there. So I'm talking to one person, they're specialising in shares and funds, I'm giving them 500 bucks a week. I think, you know what, quite interested in buying some property. Sweet, that's going to cost $200 a week that I've got to put towards. All good, I'll just take away some of the money I was putting into shares. Well, my share advisor might say, no, 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 don't do that. Just keep putting it in shares. And what you would want to understand is there might be an incentive for that shares and funds advisor to keep me putting my money all with him because that's where they're earning a fee on that money. But similarly, advisor B in this example, they'd likely get paid a fee if you buy an investment property and put that $200 a week towards the property instead. So all of those examples, there are conflicts of interest, which is normal when using a financial advisor. Now, I'm not saying that all financial advisors are biased and they're going to make the decision that's right for them, not you, but it's really important to understand how someone is paid and how they're financially motivated because that can help you become a balanced and informed investor and then you can make the judgment call yourself. And there's a great article on our website called Our Property Coaches Bias. Yep, just Google that or you'll be able to go onto our article section of our website and there's a search bar to find that article. And so coming back to this question of whose advice should I take, ultimately, as much as you can get financial advice from lots of professionals, you as the investor ultimately still have to make a decision. So Bobby will ultimately need to understand which advice she wants to go with. And she can still work with both advisors, but if they are saying different things, Bobby is going to make a decision. And working through these four steps, that is going to help you make that call. One thing I do want to add here, though, is I see quite a lot people getting financial advice, in inverted commas, from their lawyer or their accountant. Now, just bear in mind, lawyers and accountants are exempt from the Financial Advisors Act. So often they might give general advice or or maybe even more specific advice 
they're not financial advisors. So you really need to make sure you are using a financial advisor who specialise in the advice that you want to get. So again, those four steps that you can take is one, you need to be really clear on what is your ultimate goal right now when you're communicating with all of your financial advisors. Number two is to understand what is the strategy that each financial advisor recommends because that's where they're going to be coming from. After that, you want to get your financial advisors talking to each other. And I tell you what, if a financial advisor doesn't want to talk with another financial advisor in order to give you good rounded advice, red flag. Absolutely. And then finally, understand how they're all paid because that's going to help you come to that decision, help build that well-rounded picture. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you are looking for some personalised financial advice, hey, it might be time to come in for a portfolio planning session. Easy way to find out about that, whip out your phone, send us a text, text the word PLAN to 5522. We'll give you a buzz, see if it's the right thing. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. I'm going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time.